0: Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Have you ever wondered what God is like or what Jesus was all about or how you get saved and what getting saved means anyway? Well, if you've ever felt embarrassed to ask, please don't. I really want to help you understand our big, amazing God. And a great place to start is a little book that I wrote called The Basics. God, You, Jesus, and Faith. And here's more good news. If you're always on the go and don't have time to read, you can now listen to The Basics as a podcast series. Just search for The Basics with Pastor Mike Novotny wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Behind the Series. Uh, It's me, Pastor Mike, from Time of Grace here again with Amber L.B. Swenson. Amber, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Oh, well, I think we're releasing this episode after the new year, but we are in the heart of Christmas week, so (laughs) kind of nuts around the office today. Uh, My palms are sweating for some reason, like I've done something wrong, but (laughs) we're just scrambling to uh, get a lot of good content in here to bless people. So if you're wondering the office that I'm in, we just had the time of grace Christmas party, uh, gift exchange. I had way too much to eat. So if I'm lethargic in this interview, I, I blame all the calories I just consumed. Uh, so I'm hanging out in an office of a coworker, but super excited to be here once more with our friend, Amber LB Swenson. Oh, I want to tell you real quick before we jump in. Yeah. My family discovered this, um, this new Christmas album by this guy named Phil Wick, Wick Wickham, <laughs> Hamwicks. Ham Wicks. Phil Wick, have you heard of it before? It's really good. You know,
1: Wickham is the name of the nasty character in Jane Austen's novel *Pride and Prejudice*. Did you know that? I feel like maybe Phil Wickham is redeeming the name, but you should remember Wickham because *Pride and Prejudice*. He was the nasty character who stole off the young, the young sister. I only read
0: like Dungeons and Dragons books in high school, so no
1: it's a movie now your girls would love it a little bit too old for them but anyway yeah so you discovered good music i'm so happy for you
0: i might say it's maybe the best christian christmas album there is yes right that's what my no, wife said for real. she said let's just do this now we're telling everyone this now that christmas has passed when they hear this episode but for us it really is uh an awesome album about christmas so i'm addicted
1: I'm so excited because uh, YouTube finally got it right for me. You know how YouTube like watches everything you ever watch.
0: Yes. And
1: they've got all the Phil Wickham Christmas songs in my favorite order. <laughs> so now I just have to like go on my YouTube. And I'm like, oh, I love I love it. It's all in my favorite order and everything.
0: Yes. Wow. That's awesome. Well, hey, mm-hmm. Christmas um, for our friends has passed a brand new year and so we're jumping into a sermon series that's called how to deal yeah Uh, just a, a good way to think about the year to come so yeah four messages in this series what do you think should we dive in
1: yeah for sure tell us what's the big idea
0: yeah um the big idea is that all of us every year every day have to deal with stuff and some of us deal better than others Right? There's going to be stuff that happens, there's going to be temptation, there's going to be life, there's going to be death, there's going to be joy, there's going to be struggle, but you know, really you can go one of two directions when those moments come. So the series is all about you know, how do you grab a Bible, how do you look to God's guidance and word and forgiveness, and how do you deal uh, with yourself, that's the first message, because you spend a lot of time with you. Uh, how do you deal with people, because people are people, um, how do you deal with anxiety? which is a a huge struggle for lots of us. And how do you deal with shame, which sooner or later in life happens? So we're going to talk about grabbing the Bible and dealing with some of the most common things that you're going to face in the upcoming year.
1: Yeah. So the first sermon, how to deal with yourself? Um, Why is that the first place you want us to look? (laughs) And (laughs) what's the world's message about dealing with ourselves?
0: Yeah. I don't know about your 2023, Amber, but I spent a lot of time with me.
1: No, I didn't spend much time with myself. No, <laughs> as little as possible. No, you should talk to someone. I, I know
0: some good. People. <laughs> yeah, so you know it's pretty interesting thinking about you know who who is Amber. How does she process the different situations in life? Um, all the stuff that comes out of your heart that pops into your mind. Like for all of us, we're the number one person for better or worse that we deal with. And so you know we have this message from the world that's I would say really imbalanced and one sided, you know, the world is always about being true to yourself and following mm-hmm. your heart and going with your gut and living out your your truth, which sometimes sometimes that's good advice. Sometimes there's good stuff in my heart. But there's a lot of other stuff in there, too.
1: Yeah. And so
0: this message is really about how do you how do you filter actually your own heart, so that you can be the, the version of you that God wants you to be, hmm. instead of giving in into every thought, every impulse, which might be good, or it might be bad. So it's about getting to a a better version of you.
1: Yeah, so Jesus tells us to deny ourselves, to serve God, to love people. And as I was going through this, I'm like, ah, that right there. I mean, if I try to do those things, I'm overwhelmed. Like I want to, Sure. but it's just really hard when you're living in this world and I'm dealing with myself. So do you have any like bite-sized pieces? How do we start doing that?
0: Yeah, that's Jesus. In case you're listening, you don't know. Um, actually, one of the Bible passages that really inspired me to be a pastor was Jesus saying, "If you want to be my disciple, you must. You must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me." And Jesus talked about that like that was a good thing, not like, "Hey, sorry to break it to you guys." Um, he's like, "No, you get to follow me. You get to find yeah. life in me, but part of that will be denying this part of your of you that's going to keep you from me." um so yeah where where do you start with that um i think what's helped me personally it what's that old uh was it a philosopher who said know thyself
1: Hmm.
0: you know just figuring out how how am i naturally wired for good and bad um (laughs) my my daughter my eldest daughter she's a lot like my wife and a lot like me where she's a really structured organized person which is great. She's super productive. She's responsible. But when things don't go according to her plan, yeah. Like, yeah. But I was so proud of her yesterday. There was like a hiccup in her schedule. I had to drive her to the mall to get a, a Christmas gift and she said, "Dad." And you can just hear her processing yeah. out loud. Like, "Dad, sometimes things don't go the way you want them to, and it's important to be adaptable." And <laughs> so
1: I'm like, yeah. Sounds I like maybe someone has told her that along the line.
0: Yeah. And so she I'm super proud of her. She had kind of yeah like known, okay, I I get more stressed than I really need to be. Um, I I just have a desire to control things a little bit too much. Um, so just kind of knowing how she reacts to situations. Mm -hmm. And for some people that might be anger, it might be avoidance. It might be fear or it might be like catastrophizing thinking the worst anxious thought about how things are going to go wrong. But I I think until you kind of analyze who who are you because you're not me. And neither of us are my daughter or my wife or my best friend. Mm -hmm. Like that's really helpful in figuring out what part of you needs to be denied as Mm -hmm. you cross and follow Jesus. So can I throw that back at you as you think about, you know, Amber's got some great strengths, some gifts that God has wired into her. What's the part of you that's just super instinctive that you know, okay, that's not that's not going to help my faith. That's not going to make today better. Have you learned about enough about yourself to answer that question
1: oh i am trying so many things like when you say how to deal with yourself that's got to be my goal for 2024 like i've been trying in 2023 and i jump in without thinking i'm i've always said i'm impetuous peter and i'm trying very much to stand back
0: Mm.
1: and like do you need me do you want me or should i just stand back and pray especially with older children you know, you don't um, you don't necessarily need to rescue them from everything. Sometimes you need to just stand back and say, "God help him," and I'm here if you want advice or prayers. But otherwise, I'll just, mm. I'll just, I'll just watch. And that's not my instinct at all. Um, wow,
0: I'm picturing you sitting on your hands, like your foot tapping relentlessly. <laughs> I'm just, I'm here praying. I'm not going to
1: get up. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you also find there's so much you can't control like like your daughter said you know it's so silly that we think we can Mm. so even so many of the times i mean my daughter just flew home from guatemala Mm. what am i going to do if something goes wrong right like what do i think i'm going to do if something goes wrong down there my passport's expired like i can't even get on the plane (laughs) i had my good friend i was like i know you have a passport so if something goes wrong but, um, you know, I'm just so silly that I, I have to recognize I can't control much. And so I just have to sit yeah. back and say, God, this is you and yeah. this is me. And I'm going to let you do you.
0: Yeah, that's good. I really, I uh, this isn't a tool that works for everyone, but the Strengths Finders analysis,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: there's a book called Strengths Finders 2.0. Um, that, that was really, if the goal is to know yourself, I don't think I understood myself until I really like dug into that book. It helped me understand my wife. It helped me understand my mother. It helped me understand like, oh. okay, this is how, this is where people have like a superpower from God. And this is like the really dark shadowy side mm-hmm. of that. And I just feel like I, I can almost predict what temptations and what sins I will face this week. <laughs> Cause it's almost always related to my strengths.
1: Really? What is your number one strength?
0: Yeah. So like learner, significant. Okay competition. Like I, I know, there are just a, I could, for a different podcast, I could tell you a 100 things that are always going to be a battle for me.
1: Yeah, but
0: I'm glad that I, I know that about myself. So it's like, Okay, Mike, this isn't reality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is you kind of stuck in your own spot. Mm-hmm. Other people are fine with this. But you're like, Oh, this is <laughs> this Yeah, is it's actually it's just okay. This is just you being you. So I've learned how to deal with myself a little mm-hmm. bit. used to.
1: That's good. That's good. Okay, so you ended the sermon with a call to forgive ourselves. And a lot of really wise, deeply Christian people struggle with this. So mm-hmm. why is this so important to do?
0: Ooh, to forgive yourself?
1: Yeah. And yeah. and why do we struggle so much even?
0: Yeah. Um, the gospel. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> I mean, the go- Jesus did not die on a cross so that forgiveness could get right into your ears but not into your heart
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: you know he he wants us to believe this and if there's part of us saying well you know thanks jesus for forgiving me but i can't forgive myself like, okay hold up hold up god god is declaring something with authority in that moment and so you know maybe for some of us especially big-hearted people or people who've really done something that's has a lot of consequence. Mm-hmm. This is just good to know. There, there's part of you that wants to push back on the gospel and you must deny that part of you. Mm. You must talk to your own heart and say, nope, it's finished. He, God so loved that he gave his only son. I might not feel it. I might not, I know I don't deserve it, but this is what God has said. And so, oh man, God's reaching out to us with words of comfort and forgiveness. Don't, don't push back and tell him he might be wrong. He, he's God. He's right. <laughs> and sometimes the way he deals with you is just to speak as the king and Lord with authority about our forgiveness.
1: And it seems like almost as you were saying that, maybe this is the time we have to bring somebody else in. You know, as you said, a lot of times it's those quote unquote big sins that we feel like, you know, we can't forgive ourselves for and we carry them and yeah. we don't let other people in because we don't want other people to know. You know, Mm -hmm. we saw that when we did the abortion series, we talked to women, we we, you and I both Mm -hmm. I talked to them, you know, personally, but you got a letter, you know, from someone who had been 27 years and she couldn't forgive herself for that. And you don't tell people I I interviewed a woman who didn't tell anybody for 40 years that she had an abortion 40 years she carried that. Yeah. So those quote, unquote, big sins, which aren't any bigger than any other sin. That we're carrying you know if we're able to talk to a strong christian and actually get it off our chest and just say you know i'm going to tell you something that's probably going to shock you terribly but i did this and then to hear them say you know i bet i bet you can let yourself be forgiven for that because jesus paid for it so Mm -hmm. i I, you know maybe this is the time to let somebody else in
0: yeah that's that's great what's that old story about uh, martin luther 500 years ago where he was just moping. I forget why they're just scared. You know the story? I and do. His, his wife who was so great, her name was Katie, and said, oh, like what did she say? Like, God must be dead. Didn't she, she come put in like- on
1: all black, full <laughs> morning. She put on full morning clothes and he's like, what What are you doing? What's going on? she's like, well, I figured God must be dead the way you're acting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful wife, huh? Sometimes you need people just to say, hey, okay. Yep, thanks, thanks for sharing your feelings but this is God and the tomb is empty and the cross paid the the debt. So go in peace.
1: Yeah, and you know, and even just unburdening yourself, I there was a band, a Christian band Tenth Avenue North, and years ago I heard Mike Donahue from Tenth Avenue North tell about his at the time, his girlfriend, who's now his wife. She was just so, so ashamed of something and she wouldn't let him know. And finally, he's like they were talking to like three in the morning and she's like, no, you're never gonna love me if you know this about me and da 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 da. da. And finally he pulled it out of her. And his response is, that's it. <laughs> like, that's why we've been standing, saying up all this time. you thought that I, I couldn't love you because of, of that. Like, are you even, so yeah. a lot of times, I think one of the things that Satan is really good at is making us feel like our sin is so huge yeah. that no one would respect us or love us or could see us in the same light. Yes. I think you've said it multiple times. Like I've heard it all. Yes. Uh, you know, like you are not so much more depraved than everyone else. If, mm-hmm. if you confess your sin, you know, you're going to find Christians that are like, yeah, I've struggled with that. Or maybe I haven't struggled in that way, but I've done this. Sure. And yep. yeah.
0: So true. Yeah. We'll touch on that more when we talk about shame in the last sermon. So
1: yeah. Okay. Sermon number two, deal with people. You know, do we have to? <laughs> Enough to deal with ourselves. Could we just
0: let's go back to where we like start a monastery in the desert and just
1: <laughs> okay deal with people? You did a stoplight approach to this sermon, so talk about green, yellow, red. What, why, why did you use the stoplight and explain yeah. what it means? It's really
0: important. I think sometimes, um, when you're kind of new to Christianity, or maybe if you've been around a while, you get a very like half biblical message about dealing with other people. Mm. And I think the message is, well, God loves everyone. So let's love everyone. God forgives everyone. We forgive everyone. God is so patient with everyone. And it's just the real like tender. Almost, you know, put up with anything side of things. Mm. And the Bible does have certainly messages about love. And the Bible also has some warnings about foolish destructive, evil people that God wants you to stay away from. Uh, The Proverbs talk about this a ton. You know, a companion of fools suffers harm. Um, Stay away from mockers. Um, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, bad company corrupts good character. Uh, Jesus warned, you know, beware of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And and so the Bible really has a nuanced view that you really need to, to read what kind of person you're dealing with to know what kind of relationship to have with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: do we does God love everyone yes does he want to save everyone yes is everyone repentant no and therefore are some people unsafe yes yeah. so it's not unchristian to have boundaries to use wisdom to keep it parents know this right we're, we're thinking about who our kids hang out with we know we want we be friendly to everyone but don't be friends with everyone mm-hmm. so I kind of came up with this you know red light green light yellow light approach you know red light someone's just wicked destructive they're going to hurt you stay away that's a biblical teaching green light oh here's a person who's whiz- you know full of wisdom humility faith joy pursue them yellow light i'm not sure yet i'm going to come in cautiously i'm not just going to share everything about everything and you know mm-hmm. I'm going to see how this one plays out to see if they're more red or green so i think that's a more kind of holistic accurate 100 percent bible approach
1: yeah so red light people people we want to stay away from how do we do that if it's like a family member or a coworker that you don't have an option you know mm-hmm. they're not someone that you can stay away from they are in your life how do we create those boundaries if we have to be around them
0: oh man this is a hard I, so i grew up i i didn't realize this when i was a kid but i grew up very i want to say spoiled um I grew up abnormally blessed with just love and safety in my home.
1: Right.
0: I mean, I have I have an older brother. He and I will make fun of each other till the day we die. <laughs> but I, I know that he's in my corner on my side. I have, I have parents who never verbally, physically, sexually abused me. I, I never felt unsafe in those environments. But as I became a pastor and got older and, you know, people would become Christians. And then here, you know, honor your father and mother, um, about marriage, love and respect and submission. And then you find out that, wow, there's some there's some red light people in our lives. Mm-hmm. There's some unrepentant, toxic, you know, do anything to be right and win and abusive. So I really had to process, you know, what does that look like for a Christian to honor your father who says, it's fine, come home, but he's just degrading and abusive and, and dangerous. Right. Um, you're right. Um, we're not in total control of every relate. We can't pick our parents or our siblings. I-, I do think for those of us who are adults, we actually do have a lot of control of who we spend time with and for how long. Agreed. Right. It's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But I mean, these are some grown up questions we have to wrestle with of, mm-hmm. wow, is my are my siblings the mockers of the Proverbs? That are only going to hurt me. Um, if, if I go to the Christmas party, the you know, the New Year's, the birthday party, is it just going to be sin and temptation and pain?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I want to say that cautiously because some people are—they're not dangerous; they're just annoying.
1: <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and that's,
0: and that's real. Like, okay. I'm not in a dangerous situation if I go, but these people are messy and they, they're they complicated and the way they talk just gets on my nerves a little bit. I don't think the Bible would say run away from that. Mm-hmm. So there is some wisdom. There is getting some fresh perspectives from friends or pastors or people that you trust. But I, I do want people listening to know the Bible's okay if you stay away from certain people. That mm-hmm. doesn't make you... <laughs> Sorry for the random thought. Why did Judas have to tell the Pharisees where Jesus prayed at night.
1: Because Jesus didn't allow him to see where he was praying at night.
0: Exactly, because he didn't tell them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jesus kept space and distance from dangerous people. Um, so that's a that's just a good reminder that the word of God and God himself is okay. Doesn't make you a bad person. And often tox- toxic people will use the Bible as a weapon. Oh, you're supposed to be Christian. Right. You're supposed to be loving. You're supposed to forgive yeah. me. Um, yep. And if you were repentant, I would, yep. but you're not, so I won't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, run into the arms of wisdom, um, see how things go with most people, but there might be a few people in your life that God literally wants you to stay away from.
1: I was just reading uh, John chapter five today, and it was about, you know, John the Baptist was baptizing on the around the Jordan and Jesus and his disciples were too. And the Pharisees were getting angry at Jesus. So he went up to Galilee. So he avoided you know when they started coming after it wasn't his time wasn't his time to die so he avoided and went somewhere else and i think so often i have tried so hard to let people know this um we feel trapped and that's a that's a terrible feeling but you can get a different job there are Mm -hmm. lots of places that offer health insurance and i get it i i get all of it i get all of it but if there are people at work who are just really hard to be around I've I've left Christian organizations. For that reason, and it was hard at the time to think it was okay to do it. But you know what? Mm. If you are no longer if you are sick all the time with what is going on. It's not a good place to be. There are other churches, there are other schools, there are other committees you can serve on. There are other Christian women that you can serve in the kitchen with or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, Cuz I've also seen I've also seen Christians who have thin skin and <laughs> yes. you know they're finding a new church every time oh, yeah. there's conflict and they almost yeah. make that the red light of I I feel this is bad for my mental health. I've heard mm. many people say and you know I sympathize with the reality of mental health struggles, but you know sometimes maybe that's a yellow light, imperfect, not a red light like these are fools and mockers. It's just
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just life. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of nuance here. I think how to deal with people is, no wonder the proverbs are so long because it's complex right. and messy and we really need faithful voices in our life to help us know what to do.
1: So it sounds like if you're one of those yellow or like people that maybe are struggling with, like you said, that thin skin or jumping ship all the time, you need a green light person in your life. Mm. which is full of wisdom. And how do we find those people? And especially the ones who will speak the wisdom, speak the truth and love.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there are breadcrumbs that lead us to wise people. You know, I think if, especially if you go to, a, let's say a church or a Bible study, um, I, I bet there's someone that kind of stands out that you just click with, um, that you're impressed by their words. And I bet over a single cup of coffee, you could figure out pretty fast what kind of person someone is. Um, not that there aren't layers to people that you discover things down the road, but I don't know. I've, I've rarely like seen, heard someone talk about God like, wow, okay, that, that person seems like they know what they're doing. Hey, let's grab a coffee sometime. And after an hour, like you can kind of tell that this person has something to offer. Yeah. The way they see life, how they open up. I find people who are humble and transparent, like to me, that's the biggest indicator of a green light. Um, if you're not just boasting or keeping your cards close to the chest, but you've been through it, you have some wisdom to share. You've suffered a bit. You've struggled with sin. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you, but I, r- I run towards people like that. And I love being in the same room as people like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my closest friends are transparent people. The people I love doing Bible studies with are transparent people. Um, s- scholars are nice to learn from, but they're not fun to be friends with. <laughs>
1: I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole.
0: Yeah, but a vulnerable scholar, I would say, you know, someone who doesn't just teach from the head, but opens up their heart and their struggle. that That's a person I want to be with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think you just use two words, vulnerable and transparent. And I like vulnerable people. Transparent people will be like, oh, I'm having a terrible day. You know, they're transparent to say that. Mm-hmm. Vulnerable people will say, I just yelled at my husband and I feel terrible about it. Mm. You know, that's a different thing altogether. There's lots of transparency anymore. Like people are like, I'm just a hot mess mm. or, you know, whatever. And uh, I,
0: I, I, yeah. yeah, I'm tracking with you.
1: Yeah. But the vulnerable people are like, you know, why am a hot mess? Because I have let a lot of things go then not dealt with them. And now I'm trying to deal with them. And so, um, the vulnerable people, and by the way, when it comes to Christian music, I say that all the time. I I gravitate towards vulnerability. Mm. I can tell it in their lyrics if they're vulnerable. The mm. people who are like God is everything, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, but when <laughs> song here, <laughs> song is God is. it? Could you sing that one more time, real quick? No, I can't. <laughs> yeah, <But> yeah. <laughs> when you when you what? hear someone being like, uh, I think it's Phil Wickham's song. Wait. Or maybe relationships one of them is like i found you on the on the bathroom floor mm. and i'm like yep been there mm. like i i, I I've, I've been at that place where i've been laying on the floor crying out to god and that's the vulnerability mm. that i find in my friends if i can find that we are going to be good friends yeah
0: yeah that's well said yeah people are messy complicated unique but that's a good kind of cue that you're dealing with a green light person.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sermon three, deal with anxiety. Oh, um, this is a tough topic. It's a tough topic to deal with because I, I was well, anyway. Um, because some people, it's, it's almost a catchphrase, like, oh, I'm, I deal with anxiety all the time, like everybody deals with anxiety. you know what I mean? Like, it's almost cool sometimes to say that you deal with anxiety, but that's not the anxiety we're talking about people who deal with anxiety, like it's a different thing altogether. And you sort of discovered this, you know, for the first time, I mean, I think if you haven't dealt with it, you can be like, Oh, you just need to pray and read your Bible. So why is this topic something for us to take seriously and not just like, Oh, everybody's got anxiety, just get over it.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I've, God has spared me a lot of this emotion. It's not something I've experienced often. Um, but the, the few times that I really have and just how overwhelming the feeling was almost like my, the logical part of my brain couldn't process. I was, you know, just that panicky sweating, like I got to get out of the room kind of feeling. And to know that for a a lot of people, a lot of people listening right now, that's, That's not like once a year, that's Mm -hmm. multiple times a day. And so the Jesus who is full of compassion, I mean, who, who loves us when we're panicking and catastrophizing and just stuck on that thought, um, for sure. It, It is so important for us to speak with empathy and with love and to help people through that, um, is a very real thing that seems as far as I can tell from the data, To be an increasing struggle for more and more people um everything i've read about as soon as the smartphone became in every person's hand i mean this isn't christian data just the data on how many people how many of us are wrestling with regular anxiety regular depression, suicidal ideation and so yeah if if it's not your struggle it might be easy to dismiss ah don't worry about it you're being illogical well (laughs) yeah thanks <laughs> thanks if i if i found your sin and saying just you know just stop being impatient just stop trying to control things just chill out oh okay let it's easy to say when it's not your struggle but if you've seen it up close and know wow this is a person who loves god that they do pray they are reading their bible and yet they still feel stuck in the spot hopefully that humbles you and just gives you the compassion that you need to love each other well
1: and I think if you can't resonate with it, excuse yourself from the conversation. Mm. I mean, honestly, if this is something that you're like, you know what? I honestly do not understand it. I'm pr- I can pray for you, but and I can listen to you, but I, I can't empathize with you. Or, you know, mm. You'll find your people. Mm. There are plenty of other people who do. It's just you may have asked the wrong person for help.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. one of those go back to our last conversation. If you're vulnerable with something like anxiety, I, I bet there are oh for sure 25% of the people in the room, if not more, who'd be like, Yep, yep, I'm there. I've tried that. Let, let me help you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's a that's a vulnerable confession that I bet would go a long way in a, a room full of Christians.
1: Right. Okay. So your first suggestion for dealing with anxiety was to breathe. And some people might be like, Pastor Mike, this is a Christian sermon like breathe really that's what you're going to tell us what to do but you used an illustration to calm your glitter (laughs) so can you explain that and why that's important
0: yeah so in my office i still have um one of these glitter jars which is just like a mason jar has a whole bunch of glitter in it. i always i'm worried the cap is going to come off (laughs) you you shake it up and just that glitter gets swirling around and you can see it and uh, someone told me once that I, i stole this uh object lesson from a a professional counselor who said when you're feeling anxious that's what's happening in your head just these thoughts are swirling and you just have to wait until the glitter kind of settles down to so you can think clearly Mm -hmm. what was so helpful for me was kind of realizing how God created our bodies to work so there's that little almond shaped thing in our head called the amygdala and it's responsible for the fight or flight response that we have and you know if there's a I was hiking at Yellowstone this past summer. If a bear would have showed up with her cubs, my amygdala would have kicked in and like pumped the blood like from my brain and like higher thinking yeah. processing into my muscles. So whatever I need to do to survive, I don't need to do AP calculus in this moment. I need to, I need to live to see tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so That happens with people who struggle with anxiety. It's like they they think the bear is here. They think they're in danger. And all the blood of the like prefrontal cortex to think deeply about God's word, it's not there. It's like ready to run, to fight back. And so breathing is this thing that helps us, it helps our bodies to know, okay, there's no bear. Okay, we're, we're not in danger. Yeah. Okay, body, let's send the blood back to the brain so we can think about God's word. So I, I was really struck by, you know, Philippians 4 has that famous passage about, don't be anxious about anything. And then it, it says, you know, but if anything's noble or excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And learning about the amygdala kind of really helped me like, oh, it's, it's hard to think about things when you're in total panic. Right. And so breathing is just this really simple way to help our brain not panic so we can think about the things of God. Mm. So um, I'm all about prayer. I'm all about Bible. I get to that a lot in the sermon. But I really yeah. think it's good just creation level advice to Mm -hmm. reset your amygdala recognize the body that god gave you Um, to me that's the best place to start
1: so you talk about the importance of grouping which is being in connection with others who are also struggling with anxiety why is that so important why do i need to admit this and be around other people who struggle with this
0: oh because my own voice is very persuasive
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's shocking how often I'm wrong, but how believable I am.
1: <laughs> it's no brain. It is not time to panic. There is not a bear here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, to me, it's it's so hard to be logical with yourself. It's so hard to be biblical with yourself. Emotions are so strong, and just needing other people to say, "Okay." <laughs> Sometimes it's blunt and sarcastic, like, okay, okay, really, you think that's gonna happen? Sometimes it's compassionate, it's loving, it's logical. Um, but that's what I've, I've just found with so many things. I just need to speak it out loud and see the reaction on people's faces. And very often they're thinking much more clearly than I am. So yeah, can I ask you, what what, what do you think about the power of if you're worried, anxious, should you tell someone? Is that a burden to them? Um, is grouping? Life Always
1: a good idea. I just two weeks ago had um, some friends knock on my door and come into my house and I said, How are you doing? And they said, terrible. And they were going through something absolutely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And um, so we said, we set a date a couple days later, and we're like, we're getting some friends together, and we're gonna pray. Mm-hmm. And we not just we didn't just pray for that situation. But we kind of there were just four of us. We've been close enough. We went around and each of us just sort of just said what was really on our heart, what the struggle was. And we just prayed. We just poured out our hearts to the Lord. And uh, that same couple called last night and they said, Amber, there has been a breakthrough and this is what God is doing. And it's not it's not over. But man, we have a step in the right direction. And I said, Great, let's get back together and pray. Um, I don't think there's a time that it's not a good idea to share it with Christians. I just mm-hmm. don't. I think whatever you are struggling with, it is always a good idea to find those mature Christians and say, I, am, I don't I don't know how to get through this. Mm-hmm. And I need someone to pray with. Because like you said, my mind if I just sit and let it resonate in my mind, I make it out to be the worst thing that's ever happened and nothing good is going to happen. Good come from this. But when I get in a room full of Christians who will pray over me and pray over this situation and give it to God and and give some um, clarity to it, man, when, when these other people start praying, like one person was like, God, we know Satan wants this. And I was like, yeah yeah i needed to be reminded of that like satan yeah. wants me to think this but yeah. you say that mm. so yeah i think it's a great idea that's good yeah
0: anxiety is maybe my last word on the subject you know there's no silver bullet um to worry and fear just like there isn't a silver bullet for impatience or a lack of gentleness uh, you know big picture to think about christian sanctification or a christian life is always an imperfect process. There's no book you're gonna read. I love our Time of Grace books on anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not gonna fix it, quote unquote. It's gonna help you today. Um, the the Bible is super helpful, but it's not gonna be like, oh, I read the Bible passage and then it was over. So I, I think it's really good just so people don't get discouraged that, I mean, I find that competitiveness and pride, wanting to be the center of attention, like these are probably battles I'm gonna fight my whole life. and. That's real, I'm gonna get up today, I'm gonna to fight it with God's word, but I, I don't expect it to like go away after today. And for some people just that instinct to think the worst might be your lifelong cross as you deny yourself and follow Jesus. But every every day that you fight that with joy, knowing that you're forgiven, that God's with you, he's gonna help you, he's gonna give people. Um, so don't be discouraged if the battle doesn't end today or tomorrow. Um, it's a worthy thing to fight as you're following Jesus and just having good expectations I think with mental health and our spiritual lives can be super helpful.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sermon number four, dealing with shame. Um, why did you pick shame of all the things that you could have picked? Why why was this one that you wanted to hit on?
0: Oh, um, because of Adam and Eve. Yes.
1: You're going to have to explain that. I'm not that smart. So if, you, if there's a competition right now as to which one of us is smarter, yeah, I'm not winning. So go <laughs> ahead and break that down for me.
0: Uh, Yes. You know, Adam and Eve, after they what's the first thing they do after they sin?
1: They try to cover themselves. They hide. They try to cover themselves because they realize they're naked.
0: Exactly. They hide. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the best solution was God and they ran from him. Right. So that to me is just the human pattern. First we sin and then we commit, I don't want to say a greater sin, but sometimes the more damaging sin is that we run from the very thing that can help us. So instead of crying out to God, instead of running, you know, when you totally face plant, do most people go to church or run from church?
1: 100% run away. Yeah. Run away. Like, Crazy. I am not going to deal with this. I'm not going to show my face in there because I'm not good enough.
0: Yeah, And that's such an Adam and Eve response.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: we're hiding behind a tree in the garden. When here, I mean, literally as a pastor, I think about that. My job is to preach the gospel. That's what Jesus told me to do. What's the gospel? The good news of forgiveness for sinners in Christ. And people want to run from that. And so Mm -hmm. I just want to speak, you know, shame often comes when we sin in ways we don't think we're going to sin. Yeah. We never thought we'd be the person to say that or do that or mess things up that bad. And when it happens, we just we want to be like our first parents and want to hide from everyone, from the truth, from Christian friends, from the pastor, from the church. Yeah. But you don't have to. The one who trusts in Jesus won't be put to shame. And so I just wanted to kind of name some of those taboo, embarrassing, shameful things and say, hey, this is the place actually where we should tell your buddies who aren't Christians about this. And what will they say? Uh, not
1: <laughs> yeah no, they won't. they they might even high five you. I mean,
0: sure, yeah, but here here's the place where we can deal with shame and tell you about the cross of uh, the cross where Jesus took shame on his shoulders. So yeah, that's why I wanted to tackle that one in this series.
1: So you talk about initially, shame, if it's temporary, is actually a good indicator of a healthy spiritual life. So talk about mm-hmm. that.
0: Yeah, I should maybe clarify. I'm not sure if you know much about the work of Brene Brown. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. she she makes a distinction. I don't totally agree. I kind of get where she's going, but I don't agree with this definition that that guilt is a good thing and shame is a bad thing.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: guilt is saying, I did a bad thing, and I think she describes it. Shame is saying, I am a bad person. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think the Bible kind of talks about both. I did a bad thing, and why did I do a bad thing? Because I am a bad person. I'm a <gasps> sinner. I am a sinner. Yes, I wasn't just taken over by some demon and I was a holy little yeah. Mike and the demon came. Um, yeah. So yeah, that when I looked up shame in the dictionary before this uh, conversation, it just says uh, a feeling of distress over a decision I've made. that yes, that that is good to feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can snap back at Kim or my kids with a lack of gentleness and love. And I don't feel distress about that. It's like my conscience isn't working. So I I think that temporary shame is a very Christian thing. It means Mm -hmm. the Spirit is convicting me and not letting me be okay with committing sin and just living in it. So not eternal shame, but temporary shame, distress, just a feeling of humiliation a little bit. I I think it's very Mm -hmm. good.
1: Yeah, was it Jeremiah that said, these people don't even blush anymore? Yes. Was he the one that was like you you people don't even recognize sin in your life. You just Yes. you feel no shame. You feel no guilt at all. So that's a problem. Yeah. So how do we get from the temporary shame, which is a good thing that tells us that we're a sinner in need of a savior. So that's mm-hmm. a good thing yep. to no longer ashamed.
0: Yeah. Um we've talked about this before in our conversations, but maybe the most important thing for christians and the hardest thing for christians is knowing when to use the law and when to use the gospel so the gospel is meant to point out our sins to put up a a big freshly polished mirror and show us so we feel ashamed Mm -hmm. and then on the other side once we turn around there's a cross of jesus which is meant to preach forgiveness for that very sin and take away our shame so it's almost like, you know, in front of me is this mirror, behind me is this cross. There's times in life I'm going to face forward. And there's other times in life I just need to, to turn the back on the mirror and myself and just look at Jesus. Now, when to do that is like doctorate level Christianity. It's so hard. Um, it's so hard. The, the difference on paper is easy. I can, I could recite it off the top of my head. But to know in the moment, like, okay, Mike. The law has done its work. You're not proud of this sin. Now it's time to look at Jesus. Now it's time just to soak in the gospel and believe it. Um, but the devil, you know, who was excusing sin before I committed it. Now just wants me to stand in front of that mirror. Look what you did. How could yeah. you do this? Look at the people you hurt. You're such right. a hypocrite. Like, uh, no, we can't live with that shame forever. So I bet there's somebody who's listening who just spends all day in front of the mirror and yeah. they're back to the cross. And you know, this podcast might be God's way of telling you just turn around. Okay, you, you feel it? That's good. Now turn around and it's time to feel something else, the joy of your salvation.
1: Mm, that's great. Yeah.
0: So man, dealing with shame, anxiety, ourselves, other people, it's going to be an interesting year, right? <laughs> always is. <laughs> it, it always is. Um, if you're listening, you might know that at Time of Grace, we love every month to produce some sort of resource to help you in your Christian life. And I'm super excited. Uh, our friend Linda Buxa has written a brand new book called "Fight Anxiety with Joy." Man, I love every word in that book title. Um, we're not just going to deal with it; we're going to fight it because God doesn't want us to live in fear. Um, it's going to be a real fight. It's not going to be a you know a simple one round match. But there's joy. If Jesus is fighting for you and with you, if he forgives you, it's going to help you give you a spirit. So um, make sure you check out that brand new book from Linda Bucks, A Fight Anxiety with Joy. Um, you had a chance to take a peek at it, didn't you?
1: I did. I just finished reading it. It's phenomenal. <laughs> if you know Linda at all, first of all, her honesty is so refreshing. She's like writing the book and then she's like, oh, I just want you to know I wasn't dealing with this before, but now my daughter is hiking alone in Colorado and anxiety is like a real thing. Yeah. Like a real thing. And I can't tell you the number of times that I totally laughed out loud reading yeah. that book. At the same time, she was making a super poignant point that, I mean, she's just a phenomenal devotional writer. And this is um, bite sized pieces. So, yeah. day one, you only have to read this much each day. You know, it's not these large chapters. So, yeah. great book, great tool that I think will be a, a useful thing for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, our family um, has been a Luxa fan for a long time. So, <laughs> We can recommend her as a sister in Christ, as a great author, and especially if anxiety is part of your struggle or the fight of someone you love, make sure you grab this book, uh, Fight Anxiety with Joy, by Linda Buxa.
1: And the cool thing is I got a chance to interview Linda, and that podcast is going to air in just a couple days on little things. So watch for that.
0: All right, Amber, uh, we're wrapping it up. It's a brand new year. Uh, we're sending God's blessings on everyone who's listening. Any closing thoughts? What do you think? What do the people need to know?
1: Um. Oh, man. Do you pick a verse each year, Pastor Mike, or do oh. you not pick a verse? Do you pick a verse got, or a, a word? You do that. Yeah, I, I do.
0: I, I stop, mine, uh, my verse is just, stop sinning.
1: <laughs> that's not in the Bible.
0: That yeah, is. Jesus said that to the guy after he said, oh. Stop sinning.
1: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. No, wait. Didn't it say, stop sinning or something worse will happen? Yes. I just read that today. It's in John. <laughs> you got to say the whole verse. <laughs>
0: that just sounds i'm still on that one i got i picked it 43 years 20 ago. years ago like, an and i'm still but stop it
1: speaking of 43 years do you know that linda bucks up puts her age on her facebook page she just had a birthday she announced it
0: <laughs> I, I always liked linda bucks i so know i like her even more
1: i knew you would <laughs> i knew you would and linda's here wait 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 here and pastor mike is here And I'm somewhere. There you go. We'll let that
0: history be the final word of this podcast. So, hey, thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks, Amber, for being here. We hope you have a great new year, a blessed 2024, and we'll catch you next time.